all are here uh, to worship with us at uh, Church in the Valley. It's great to, to be together. Uh, last week, we launched a new message series called Suburban Myths, and we're really glad that you're here as we are digging in to some assumptions and beliefs that we all tend to have about life. And these assumptions and beliefs can tend to guide us. And what we're looking at in this series is what do we do when those beliefs or assumptions may not actually be true? And what do we do with kind of the pieces of that as we try to navigate how to, to move forward in life and how to actually find traction, make progress, and get really to where God wants us to be. And as we launched this series, we talked about a lot about the life of Solomon, who was the third king of Israel, who asked God for wisdom and was granted it. And also God gave him many blessings and honor and wealth and really all the resources that you could hope for to really kind of make the most out of this life. And as we kicked off the series, we talked about all the resources that, God, uh, that Solomon was given by God and all the things that he had at his disposal. He still made a choice to really try to go about life on his own towards the end of his life, trying to find meaning without God. And uh, despite all the things that he had, uh, he kind of asked a lot of questions, drew a lot of conclusions and realized that life without God really is, is meaningless. There, there's really nothing to it. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, he really writes a lot about his experiences that he has, a lot about just what life looks like when you really just do whatever you want to do. The idea of following your heart, whatever makes you happy. These are the things that we tend to think, you know, make sense in life. And he, he really writes this book out of this perspective and this lens that, you know, if you really follow your heart, and if you do exactly what makes you happy and you don't really deny yourself anything, you may actually get exactly what you want in life. But when you receive it, you realize that's actually not what you wanted. And the same is true for us today. There's many things that we think uh, really we can get our, our hands around and we can get a grip on and that's going to be exactly what we want. And when we get that grip around it and we have it in our hands, we realize that there, there is no grip at all. It's like sand that just kind of falls through our fingertips. And so what Solomon is doing in the book of Ecclesiastes is he's drawing some conclusion. He's making some statements so that we can kind of be pulled into really Avoid these things, avoid these paths, learn from me, learn from my perspective. And we kind of talked about last week how it's like reading somebody's journal. And in that you get a lot of raw emotion, you get a lot of raw reaction. And you're kind of left with the pieces of, well, what, what do I do with that? And I have to say, last week as we started, it was probably the most like depressing message I'd ever been given. Because it was basically like, life stinks and you die. Do you remember that? Life stinks and then you die. And then I prayed and we all left. No, there was more than that. But it was this idea of you really have to get this life thing figured out because if you think it's all about getting something and then you get it and you realize you were wrong, you've wasted your life. And so this series is looking at how to really not waste your life, how to actually get your hands and get a grip on the right things. And so we're going to be talking about the myth of really, there is an answer to every problem. And it's really the idea of knowledge. How knowing more and more will solve the issues we face in life. And I don't know about you, but I tend to agree that the more I know, usually, the more I'm helped. The more I can get my mind around, the more I can solve in my mind, the more I can draw conclusions, the more it seems like life makes sense. And Solomon went on this journey of knowledge and went on this journey of wisdom and went on this pursuit of how do I figure out the answers to all of life questions? 
what he realizes is that there's really no way to find the answers to every question. Now, that may be very unsettling to you, depending on your personality. You may be the type to think, but there's an answer to everything, and everything works out, and everything has to work. Or you may be the type that's like, yeah, there's some answers, there's maybe not some answers, I don't know. But depending on who you are, this idea of knowledge and power and solving all the problems that, that, can, that can appeal to us. And we're going to kind of dig into some of the ideas that Solomon had on his quest for ultimate knowledge, hoping that it would really bring him the peace that he had longed for. So I want to I jump into this again. And again, this is poetry, and so he's just laying it all out there. He's like saying, Here, here's my assumptions, here's my conclusions, here's my thoughts, here's my emotions. And in that, you get some just some really in-your-face ideas. And in that, you kind of can learn some things that Solomon was dealing with. So let's dig in. This is Ecclesiastes 1, verse 12. So I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem. And I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. So he's saying, I, I'm giving my life trying to figure this life thing out. I'm going to use my energy, I'm going to use my mind, I'm going to use my resources to try to make sense out of all this. And he says, it is an happy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. So he's just saying there's a lot of things that we're busy with that really, it just doesn't make you happy. I've seen everything that is done under the sun and behold, all is vanity and a striving after the wind. You see that picture a lot in Ecclesiastes, striving after the wind. You ever see someone like that has a job of, I'm a wind chaser? You ever seen that job? No, me neither. Because what does that mean? It means you're just chasing nothing. I've got it. Really? Where is it? It's right here. No, you can't strive after the wind. You can't see it. You can't get your hands around it. So he's saying it's, sometimes this life is just like striving after the wind. And then verse 15. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Verse 16. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who are over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And he goes on, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. So he's saying, I've tried to figure out what it means to be crazy, what it means to be wise, what it means to have answers, what it means to be clueless. I've tried to figure this all out. He says, I perceive that this also is a striving after the wind. You're going for it. You're ready to get your hands around it. And there's nothing there. And then he closes this passage. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. We just picked up right where we left off, didn't we? The more you know, the worse off you are. That's what he's saying. How many of you are in college right now? Just, you know, memorize that. For much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So if you get to that point when you're studying for finals, and you're depressed, and you're overwhelmed, and you're stressed, you're living out a biblical principle. There's a lot of sorrow sometimes in the more that you know. What Solomon is getting at is finding knowledge and trying to have complete understanding of everything and how life works in every piece of life, if you want to make that your life purpose, you're going to be chasing wind. 
It will keep you busy. But you will have nothing to show for it. It will cost you great things, but in the end, you're looking, it's just like wind. It's, you can't see it. So he's saying that, you know, all these things that I've learned and all these things I've grown and all these facts that I had and all these experiences that I've experienced, when it comes down to it, I still don't have all the answers. And I still don't know how it all works. And he uses the word to be vexed. Isn't that a great word? And I'm vexed. Means you're like was. The more I know, the more I'm going to have it figured out. What he realizes, the more I knew, the more I realized what I didn't know. There's a, a theologian that wrote this quote, and this quote seems like Solomon could have written it himself. Check this out: Every discovery serving to convince us that more remains concealed of which, of which we had no suspicion before. What? Every discovery serving to convince us that more remains concealed of which we had no suspicion before. He's saying the more you discover, and the more you try to learn, the more you realize you can't know it. The more you learn sometimes, the more you realize you don't know. And I've discovered that about my own life. The older I get, the more experiences I have, and the more things, like I turn over rocks, and I think, that's it, that's the answer. And then under that rock are like more rocks. And I turn over those rocks. Well, that's it, that's, there's more rocks there. Life's complex. I don't have all the answers. I have limited understanding. I have limited knowledge. I don't understand all the whys of what happens and why it happens and when it happens the way it does. And if you're like me, you have the same experiences. You know what you know, and then there's a lot of things that you don't know. And Solomon is saying, that, that really vexes me. That is so frustrating. That's, that's annoying. Because I don't want there to be unknown. How many of you guys would agree with that statement? Do you love the unknown? No. We hate the unknown. But what's going to happen when you walk up those doors? As soon as I'm done, I don't know. That's the unknown. You don't know either. That's vexing. That's annoying. It's frustrating. But it's saying that there's just we, there's unknown. We can't control it. We all have experienced this and the unsettling of our future and the unsettling of relationships. But here's the thing, which is crazy is in today's age, it's like the information age, it's the technology age, it seems like there's everything at our disposal and we can find out about things exactly when we want it. Right? Google, like we talked about that last week, like surely Solomon, he just didn't know Google was going to come. But even in that, you realize that Google doesn't help you with certain things. It helps you with some things, like this last week, I was looking at my son's hair and I realized, dude needs a haircut. And then I started getting like, what if I could actually learn how to cut hair in a good way beyond just like buzzing it? I've tried that before. But like, what if I could fade? <laughs> Serious. Like, what if I could actually do like a fade on my son's hair for free? And then I looked on YouTube how to fade your son's hair. I think I actually may have put your son's hair. I don't know why I did that, but I was very literal. And I started looking at these videos of these guys, and they're like, well, here's the thing. You start the line, and you just adjust 
And all of a sudden I realized, like, I have, people, I have access to fading somebody's hair without leaving my house. You know, in the old days, you'd have to go down to the barber and say, hey, I'd really like to learn how to cut my son's hair. He said, well, sit down in a chair and watch me for a few days. Well, no, you just YouTube, Google. And that works for a lot of things. But have you ever Googled things where you're kind of embarrassed that you've Googled it? And then you're embarrassed until it comes up and you realize someone else has. And then you're kind of like, you know what? We're all a little crazy. But it's true. You can't Google everything. Like, how do I deal with a relationship I'm having a problem with? Now, you could Google that, but they don't know you. And the article, whatever you're getting to, the website, it doesn't know the person you're relating to. There's just a limit. They don't know the past. They don't know the present situation. They really don't know the future. There's just, there's a limit. And a lot of times, the vexation, the frustration that we experience comes in the areas that we realize we just don't have control over, specifically in our relationships, specifically at work, as we're trying to kind of produce something in school and we're trying to make sure we're doing a good job and balancing responsibility with experiencing life and all these things that, that weigh on us. And we realize there's, there's a limit of knowledge, just like Solomon talked about. And it can be very, very unsettling as we relate in our finances and our relationships at our work. But here's the other thing. We also live in a time where if we don't have the answers, we, we're going to find experts. And the beauty of that, you can find experts even on the web as well. You don't even know who these experts are, but they tell you. You ever use like WebMD? That's crazy. You type something in WebMD that you have a problem with, and honestly, like it can range from like take a Tylenol to like go to the ER right now. A lot of information. But that can also, even expert advice, it can not really fit your situation. If you ever called in to get answers and you want information and you're on like an automated line and the beauty of it is like when it's the voice command, like you can no longer get to an operator and you're determined you're going to beat the system by getting the operator and they're saying, no, you're not. You're going to do option three, then two, then one, and then you're going to get disconnected. Is that just me? But we all experience that. And we want expert help. We turn to psychology, we turn to science, we turn to education, We turn to pastors. We turn to anyone who we think is an expert that can give us the answers and the whys in life. Here's the thing. What what do we do when the experts don't have all the information? Or what do we do when an expert actually can't provide us an answer? You ever been to a doctor before and you're pretty sure they have no clue what's wrong with you? You ever experienced that? I know I have. I went to a doctor once and I was talking to him and after a while he was talking and he basically was kind of like, well, you just need to rest, take care, drink fluids and come back in a couple weeks. I was thinking to myself, like, I could have WebMD'd that. Right? He didn't have all the answers and to his case and to his defense. Like, probably didn't know and maybe it was no big deal. I'm still here. Right? But even experts, there's just a limit to what can be gained, there's a limit to the knowledge that even experts can provide. 
And this is what Solomon in verse 18. For much wisdom is much vexation, and he increases knowledge, increases sorrow. A lot of times, the more you know, the more you realize you just can't know it all. There's still unknown. There's still conclusions that you cannot draw for yourself. Then verse 15. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. This is all your ducks will not always be in a row. You don't have to raise your hand. But if you're a duck in a row kind of person, this verse will drive you nuts. What is crooked cannot be made straight. If you're a duck in a row kind of person, you're like, yes, you can. You just shove those ducks right there. And then life happens, and the ducks go, but you better get back in that place because this what Can't control it. Can't control people. We can try, but people don't want to be controlled. You can't control the future because it's not here yet. You can live in the present, but you can't control all that happens to you. What's cricket made straight? What is lacking cannot be counted. There's just there's so much unknown. That even as you grow in knowing more and more and more and more, and even as you get more answers, there's still questions that you cannot answer. So I hope we've raised that level of again just like so just we not learn anything? Is it useless? Like Solomon is saying, is it just okay? You're just gonna increase in sorrow and you're gonna be depressed the rest of your life. Hopefully you didn't wake up wanting that message this morning, because there actually is hope. And it really is based on the idea, it's not what you know, but it's really the one who knows us. And in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of the experts that can't really answer the questions that we have, in the midst of full of knowledge, but without conclusions, there's something that we can do. And that is the pursuit of the knowledge of God. That's what's vital in the midst of the unknown. Knowing God is vital in the midst of the unknown. Just because you know God, it doesn't mean that all the things that are unknown will become known, but it means that you trust the one who does know. And that is the difference between a life that can actually experience blessing and to a life that left without God, they can't. What Solomon's getting at. He's pushing this idea of even as you pursue everything and you try to get all your ducks in a row, you try to figure it all out, you try to control everything in your life, it still cannot be controlled. And this is the way God has designed the world. He's designed it in a way where we are forced to throw our hands up and say, I just can't do it by myself. So if you've experienced the frustration and if you've experienced that crookedness that you're trying to make straight, God's trying to get your attention. He wants you to realize that you need Him. And throughout history of people that have tried to do things their own way, you have people that have realized, I can't. I can't get my hands around it. I'm chasing the wind and I'm empty. And God is there 
to meet them in the middle of their vexation and their frustration and their annoyances. Say, here, you still won't have all the answers, but you can know me who does. There's a lot of comfort in that. And so knowing God is really kind of two-pronged knowledge. The first is you need to have the right theology about who God is. Theology is really the knowledge of God. You actually have to know how God works, how he operates, what he's like, and you find that in the Bible. So you have to actually read the Bible. And that leads to the right theology. As you get to know God by soaking in the scriptures, discovering what he has to say about life, discovering what he has to say about relationships, discovering what he has to say about who you are and your identity and how he works and how he doesn't work, that's based on the the right theology. And the second part of knowing God is actually a personal relationship with him where you allow him to actually lead you. Because in the midst of the unknown, we can't lead ourselves We can try to pick ourselves up by our boots and start walking, but we realize, like, I'm just chasing the wind. I I don't have all the answers. I don't know where I'm supposed to be headed. So the right theology, who God is, and a personal relationship with His, actually walking with Him, that helps us in the midst of the unknown. And we all have a choice. Okay, will I, with the pressure and with the confusion, with all the things that I'm experiencing, will I allow the God who created this life and this world, will allow Him to guide me through it. Will allow Him to guide me through this life. I want to share some other thoughts related to this from a man named Paul, who we've we've talked about quite a bit. He wrote a lot of the New Testament of the Scripture. And Paul started a lot of churches, and because he started a lot of churches, he dealt with a lot of new Christians. They were new to following Jesus. And he wanted them to know how to make it in this life, like how to actually live life to the fullest. Like Solomon, they all experienced this striving after the wind, this frustration, this unsettled feeling that we have. And, and he describes some things in the scriptures that, that kind of point you to what's, what's really important. He says this in Ephesians 4.13. He says, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's saying our goal is that we will all be moving to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of Christ. That's right theology. Unity of the faith. We all believe the same things about who Jesus is and who God is because the Bible, we believe that it's true, we believe that it actually speaks to this life and we're going to follow it. So he's saying, if, if I'm going to boil it down to you people. You, you're trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus. And they were in the first century and people were persecuted and people were confused about who Jesus was and who he said he was and all this stuff. And, and Paul's clarifying, you know, we need to move towards, push towards, aim at unity of the faith, the right theology of God. And then the knowledge of the Son of God. Knowledge, not just in your mind, but it's again this idea that you know God. You know Him personally. Not about Him, but you know Him. Again, He speaks into your life. He calls the shots. He tells you what's important. 
There's this idea of like you walk with him. He's taking you on this journey. Paul's saying, out of all the things that you're focusing on, of all the things that you're really concerned about, you need to make sure you know who God is and you walk with him. That is the key. So every day you wake up, you should be thinking, how can I learn more about who God is and how can I allow him to lead my life? And that happens. You have to soak in the scriptures. You have to pray. And you have to have this, this relationship with him that's active. Where he actually gives input. The truth in the scriptures actually guides you. So what Paul's saying. This is the path to go on. This is the key to overcoming the unknown. To overcoming the fact that we can't get all of our ducks in a row. You walk with God who guides you through this. In another letter he wrote to another church, he said this, and you see this again and again in Paul's writing. Knowing God is so important. He says this in Colossians 1. And so, from the day we, we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner, manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So he's letting them know, this is what I'm praying for. You're trying to follow after God. You're trying to give your life to him. You're trying to figure all these things out. And there's so many answers that you're looking for. And there's so many things that you're trying to make sure you can get your hands around. And he focuses them, again, different group, but he focuses them on the same thing. You may be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding that you bear fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Filled with the knowledge of his will, it's, it's knowing God's purposes, his desires. And then increasing in his knowledge is recognizing God in the midst of of the circumstances you face. And he's saying there's going to be a lot of things that are going to provide pressure and anxiety. And the same is true for us. There's a lot of things that we face that provide pressure. They provide anxiety. And he's saying in the midst of that, knowing God's will and knowing Him is the key to living a blessed life and living the life that God wants us to live. That's the comfort we can have. Again, we're not going to know every answer to every problem. But what Paul's saying is you can know the one who can help you with your problem. He will walk you through it. And there's this idea when we, we don't have all the answers, we can find strength in God who does. He does have all the answers. Doesn't mean that we're going to know them all. But at least we know. He knows what's going on. He sees it. And he doesn't miss anything. There's actually a lot of comfort there. There's a verse that kind of describes this in 1 Corinthians 13. And I think this verse really describes the human condition. Really, as Solomon was describing this is what it says. It says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, 
even as I have been fully known. You ever looked in a mirror and there's no light? Or maybe there's a little light on and you can see your reflection, but you can't really see yourself that well. It's not the kind of mirror you want to get ready in. You can't see. What Paul's describing, again, is this idea of that's kind of the life as we know it here on earth. We just have a limited vision of all that's happening. The same sentiment. There's just a crookedness and we can't straighten it all up. We can't fit it all in our box. There's things out of our control. We don't know the future. For some of us, we don't know why things happened to us the way they did. We don't know why things are happening to us right now. And there's a sense that it's just not fitting in the box that we have. It's because we're looking in the mirror dimly. On this side of heaven, we can't see fully. What Paul's saying is right now, you're, you're walking in faith, and that's a picture of faith. It's I trust the God who sees clearly, even though I don't. That's the picture of faith. I trust the God who sees clearly, even though I don't. I'm looking in the mirror dimly. Then he's saying, but then you're going to get to see him face to face. Now, you've known in part. There's a sense of you, you know part of it. Then I shall know fully. Even as I have been fully known, there's a sense of God knows me fully. He has the answer to every problem. He has complete knowledge of me, those I relate to, my situations, my concerns, my circumstances. He has complete knowledge of every single thing. And faith is, God, you are the only one worthy of that knowledge. He is. He's God. We're not. There's just a lot of things that we don't understand. There's a lot of things that we wish were one way and they're another way. And that's just part of life. And despite those things, it's the frustration and it's sometimes that pressure. That's the thing that needs to draw us to Him, not away from Him. And that really is part of the struggle of life. In the pressures and in the unknown, we have a choice. Do we draw near to the God who knows or do we resist Him and go further away? And we each have to make that decision. And what Solomon was writing was just this, in the midst of this unknown and this chasing after the wind, you have to decide. You have to decide what you're going to do. And Paul completes the picture. He's saying, as you make your decision, what matters above everything else is not your degrees, it's not your job titles, it's not your success, it's not all the things that you know or hope to know. It's do you know the Lord Jesus who knows everything? Do you know Him? That is the key. There's a paraphrase of that 1 Corinthians 13 verse that I think kind of describes just this experience uh, in a helpful way as well. Um, Eugene Patterson wrote this. He says, We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as we clearly, or see, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly, 
just as he knows us. I don't know about you, but there's a sense in which there's a lot of aspects of my life where I'm like looking through a fog. And if you've ever driven through the fog, you know, you take the turns and you're taking them slowly because you don't exactly know what's around the turn. That's how our life is. We're living right now. We're making decisions. And we're going about our everyday activities and our responsibilities. And it just, there's a lot of unknown for all of us. And even if there's not a lot of unknown, there really is because we don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we're all in this fog together. There's a sense in you've got to know what to hold on to in the midst of the fog. And I'm here to tell you, out of my own experience, and I know many can attest to this, in the midst of the fog, it's really the, the God who guides me that I can hold on to like an anchor that allows me to complete those blind turns in the midst of the fog. And the same God who does that for me wants to do that to you as well. So even though we're squinting and it's unclear, God walks us through. And He does provide clarity as well. And oftentimes, sometimes the fog lifts because He provides us with what we need in the certain situation, in the certain relationship to actually make sense out of it. Maybe it's not complete sunshine all the time. Maybe there's still fog. But we still can rely on Him in the midst of it. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're wrestling with some things that you don't understand, some things that have happened to you or other people, there's a sense in which you're, you're so burdened by it. You really want all the answers. Maybe there's some circumstances that aren't going your own way and your ducks, just they keep quacking out of line. It's frustrating you. You realize you're, you're trying to control things and you're getting this just tense just aspect of your life and you're not enjoying the things that God's given you. I encourage you today, make a decision in the midst of that. Will you turn to the Lord Jesus and look to Him to guide you in the midst of it? We all have that decision. We each have to make it every day. Specifically, if if you're bitter about some things that didn't turn out the way you wanted and you hoped for an answer to a certain problem and it didn't come, I want to encourage you today Pick up those bitterness like it's a root. It gets in your heart. You just pick those, that weed and just pull it out. Because that bitterness, it's going to just cloud your vision more and more. And the fog you're in, it's a denser, thicker fog when you're bitter. And so before God, deal with that. And admit that you, know, you don't have all the answers. It didn't go exactly how you hoped. But ask Him for help uh, in the midst of that. I'm going to pray and then Barry's going to come back up and walk us through... Uh, some next steps, and a time of reflection as we receive our offering. Let's pray together. God, I I know from my own self that I can be frustrated a lot. Just things don't go how I want. And I just confess that many times I try to control things. And I want things done my way on my own timing. And I know in this life, I have little control over a lot of things. I have some control over some things, but ultimately, God, I, I just look to you because you are the anchor that we can hold on to in the midst of the fog. And God, I, I pray that for any of us, as we're dealing with some of just the struggles of life and the unknown and the things that haven't turned out exactly as we, we had hoped, God, help us to deal with our frustration 
our annoyances, our bitterness. Help us to turn to you and trust you. And God, we, we ask that you'll help us even as we have little faith to do that. Will you draw near to us this morning? In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Thanks, Alex. Uh, we hope this has been a big help to you guys this morning. Um, in just a second, they're going to come around uh, and pass around uh, the offering. Um, at that time, or for right now, actually, if you want to, you could fill out a little bit more information that maybe you haven't had time to on your connection card uh, and then drop it in the bucket when those come by. Um, every week here at Church in the Valley, we like to ask you to think through your next steps. We don't want you just to you know, listen to the message on the morning, but really uh, the way that we grow is really by getting it into our lives. And so um, right now, we're going to lead you through um, some different things in our next steps. The next steps really are the next logical step. So this might not be a comprehensive list of everything that you're going to do this week to take those next steps, but maybe these give you some ideas of things that you can do in your own life. The first thing we have here is uh, to admit I can't find all the answers. I know a lot of times for me, I have to admit the truth before I can take a step forward. Uh, so maybe that's what you need to do this morning. Uh, the next one maybe. Um, for the first time, I commit my life uh, to Christ as my Savior and Lord. I know that would be a big step in the right direction. And then um, shift my hope from complete knowledge of faith uh, uh, to faith in God. Maybe some of these give you some ideas uh, of steps that you can take. Um, right now, the band is going to play, and we're going to uh, ask you to think through um, two questions that we have uh, based on what we've heard this morning. The first is, uh, where do I tend uh, to go for answers and who are the experts that I depend on? Uh, and the second one is, in what areas of my life do I need to shift my hope from complete knowledge to faith in God? So take some time to think about these as the band plays.